Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Georgia-Alabama rematch did not disappoint. A winning record wasn't enough for the Dolphins. Plus, what was it like for Steelers Nation during Chargers Raiders? Because Twitter was having fun. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Georgia Bulldogs have slayed the dragon after being embarrassed in the SEC championship game. They beat Alabama 33-18, to a pick six to seal it. Joining me now from Locked On Dogs, it's Daniel Monroe. And Daniel, this is a Georgia team that has had plenty of talent in the past. What was the difference this time around? I mean, I think the difference this time around is, uh, one, it's a more talented team than we've seen from Georgia in the past. Yes, there's been talent before, but there's always been holes. Uh, And then there was just something different about this team the entire year. Kirby has talked about connection uh, more than he's talked about X's and O's. And sometimes that kind of stuff can get blown off as coach speak or just kind of meaningless uh, stuff that, that gets thrown around. But with this Georgia team, there, there just seemed to be a belief and a connection the entire season. And even when we would, we would, in, we would see interviews after that SEC championship game, this team just sort of seemed to believe. You saw it against Michigan, the way they came back. And then you saw a bunch of resilience tonight uh, up against a lot of adversity uh, to get the job done. And and Stetson Bennett is going to be a storyline in this game. I think that was that was going to be the case coming in. Whether he could play well enough to beat Alabama, to beat the yep. Heisman Trophy winner, he has the late right. fumble. It looks like he is going to be there undoing. He comes back. I mean, what a story for him and this team that has been in search of that quarterback who could take them to the mountaintop. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's officially a legend at the University of Georgia, and there's no doubt about that. Yeah, you mentioned the fumble, um, which just a wild play. And And a uh, wild call. A wild call. I was in the stadium, so it's a bit harder for me to make a judgment on it because I haven't been able to really watch it. But just a wild call. Georgia gets down. And then the following drive, they come out and they don't run the ball one time. They put it in Stetson Bennett's hands. And he throws, I think, four or five completions, marches all the way down the field, culminating in a touchdown, a lead they would never lose in the game. Bryce Young throws two interceptions, one for a touchdown. Stetson Bennett has one turnover. Uh, he outplayed the Heisman Trophy winner, and he was the reason Georgia won this game, along with unbelievable defense. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, a winning record wasn't enough for the Dolphins to keep their head coach. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Vikings fired Mike Zimmer on Monday along with general manager Rick Spielman after eight seasons. This is the first time the organization has cleaned house with its top two positions in football leadership since co-owners Ziggy and Mark Wilf bought the team in 2005. 
That's all she wrote, huh? The Vikings have officially parted ways with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. What's up, everybody? Luke Braun here from Locked on Vikings, breaking it all down. Mike Zimmer, eight years with the Vikings, uh, only made the playoffs three times. That ain't good enough, so he's out. He was the longest-lasting head coaching hire from uh, the, the 2014 hiring cycle. The only other one who went anywhere was Bill O'Brien. So probably the best coaching hire out of all that, for whatever that's worth, probably not much. As for Rick Spielman... He's been with the team since 2006. I mean, he has been a high-level executive. He has been an absolute, like, identity for the Vikings. He has been responsible for a lot of the things you understand the Vikings to be since the day they hired Brad Childress, since the day the Wilfs bought the team. I have no idea where the team goes from here. It's really, really interesting. There was a little bit of talk about Rick Spielman staying on in an advisory role. Um, didn't sound sounds like they didn't come to an agreement there, so that's off the table. Both those guys are free agents. Good luck to them wherever they go next, and thanks for all the good times. But now the Vikings can be anybody. They are at a total crossroads in their lives right now. They can hire whoever they want, be whoever they want, build whatever they want. I'm excited to see where it goes. Another team that cleaned house, the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears fans get their wish as ownership decides to clean house and fire general manager Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy. I'm Lauren Cox from the Locked On Bears podcast, and now all of the attention is focused on who will be the next leader of the organization. Ultimately, the buck still stops with chairman George McCaskey, where a lot of the frustration remains for Bears fans, feeling like it's the same people making the same decisions at the top. How then can we trust that things are going to be different this time around? We heard the ownership group talk about Bill Polian now being brought in for this head coach and general manager search. They're not sure on what order the two of those things are going to happen, but clearly fans are ready for a different direction and looking forward to trying to see how this team will build around Justin Fields and give them something a little bit more optimistic to feel about in the future because it's going to come down to that quarterback position first and foremost. How can the head coach, how can the next general manager truly build up this roster? Chicago Bears fans get their wish as ownership decides to clean house and fire general manager Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy. The NFC North in disarray. Meanwhile, the Packers are the number one seed. The more things change, the more they stay the same. A team that didn't clean house despite an embarrassing season capped by the most absurd third and nine sneak play call, the New York football Giants. The Giants make it official and Dave Gettleman has retired. Hi everybody, I'm Patricia Chena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And the New York Giants made it official what we have been all speculating slash reporting for several weeks now. General Manager Dave Gettleman has retired. The team will embark on a new general manager search. They will cast a wide net and they will begin that process immediately. Now, regarding head coach Joe Judge, no decision has been made on Judge. As of Monday afternoon, here's what we know about that situation. Joe Judge met with the team as part of their exit meetings. Didn't really indicate if he's going to be back or not, but pretty much conducted a business as usual meeting. So basically it's a matter of Judge assuming that he's gonna be back until told otherwise. Now, what I believe is going to happen is the Giants will conduct that general manager search. They'll try and get that wrapped up as quickly as possible while being as thoroughly as possible. And they will give the new GM, whoever it might be, an opportunity to weigh in on the status of head coach Joe Judge and the rest of his staff. 
In the meantime, it's business as usual. Like I said, poor Judge, who along with his assistant coaches will begin their postseason evaluation of the players of the rosters and just putting together some information so that when it comes time to have personnel meetings with whoever the new GM is, whether they're there or another staff comes in, that that work has been done and that the team doesn't fall behind. Be sure to keep it here at the Locked on Giants podcast. I'll have more on the GM search. And of course, I will have more thoughts on the Giants as they begin a long offseason. I don't even know what you say about that team, that franchise. It is, it's embarrassing. The leaders of the college football playoff failed again to come to an agreement about expanding the current 14 field. Big 12 commissioner Bob Bowlesby, as he left the meeting Monday morning, said the 10 FBS commissioners voted, but didn't even get close to unanimity. Beyond the number of teams, there continues to be disagreements in the room about revenue distribution, bowl games, and whether the Power 5 conference champions should be given automatic bids. Just figure this out. Please figure it out. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Wildcard lines are out. For betonline.ag, the Philadelphia Eagles will travel to Tampa Bay. The betonline.ag line has the Buccaneers giving eight and a half. The San Francisco 49ers will travel to Dallas, and the betonline.ag line has the Cowboys laying three. The Arizona Cardinals will have to travel to Los Angeles after backing into the playoffs. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Rams favored by four. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. A lot of people were caught off guard when the Miami Dolphins decided to fire head coach Brian Flores on Monday, myself included. The team won its opening game before losing seven straight, putting itself in a hole no other team in NFL history has ever come back from to make the playoffs. However, Miami responded with a seven-game win of both in the same season. Lockdown's Kanani Stevens caught up with Super Bowl champion and Lockdown NFL insider Isaiah Stamback. What was your immediate reaction? I was a little bit surprised to see this. Yeah, I was surprised to see this as well. It was actually pretty discouraging. Being a former player uh, underneath Brian Flores, he was an assistant defensive coach um, during my time in New England. And this is a man of uh, high ca- uh, high character uh, and, and somebody who's a family man, somebody who knows football and loves football and has a positive effect over his players. And when he was when he was pre- presented the opportunity to go down and be the head coach for the Miami Dolphins, I was elated for him. Uh, he was going down into a situation and that he had to simply restore this entire, not only just team, but organiza- organization. He was he was tasked with creating a culture and creating a winning culture. And he inherited a, a, a historically bad team. And he did a great job during his time there. And it's really unfortunate and disheartening that they are now releasing him after having a winning record during his time there. Over the last three, he was there for three seasons over the last two seasons. He has a record of 19 and 14. He went 10 and 6 in 2020 and and 9 and 8, obviously, this year in 2021, finishing up the season, beating his former coach, his head coach, Bill Belichick, in which he is the only coach in the Bill Belichick era since 2000 to have a winning record, which is 4 and 2 against the New England Patriots. 
There's really no reason nor understanding as to why Stephen Ross, the, the CEO of, of the Miami Dolphins, has decided to relieve him of his duties. A lot of people are scratching their heads right now and trying to wonder exactly what direction is Miami trying to go. Certainly for the fans, I'm sure it's frustrating as well. The owner, Stephen Ross, came out and said that uh, they were not, they didn't have a coach in mind. There's some rumors out there that they may be going after Michigan's head coach in Harbaugh. Um, the owner has come out and said, no, that's not the case. Do we believe that right now? I can't say that I do. You know, obviously, we'll, the coming weeks will help, will help us understand this with a little bit more clear uh, <laughs> picture. But in terms of what how how he released uh, Brian Flores, and he made a statement today in um, in the exiting uh, statement stating that he key dynamics of our football organization weren't functioning at a level I wanted to be at, and felt the decision was in the best interest of the Miami Dolphins. That's coming from an owner who is the, one of the highest donors to the University of Michigan and just happens to be that there's rumors swirling around the fact that Jim Harbaugh might be leaving University of Michigan. So we will see exactly what's the next move. Um, but as of right now, the rest of the league, the NFL, the players are all questioning as to what is the real reason why Brian Flores is no longer the head coach of Miami. Obviously, Brian Flores is going to be at the top of the list for any of these coaching vacancies, as we've discussed. I mean, he's a great high character guy. He's a great defensive guy. And he's had a lot of success against Bill Belichick. Is there anywhere right now, obviously, of the openings we know where maybe he'd be a good fit? It's really kind of it's, it's kind of surprising right now as to where he might end up. I mean, you start thinking about Minnesota, uh, the opening down there with Zimmer leaving. Uh, Minnesota is a defensive team, so obviously, but they're coming off of Zimmer being a defensive-minded coach. So, do they want to go back in that direction? You look at Denver. In Denver, are they going to go with an offensive coach because they need to figure out the quarterback situation and what they're doing um, on that side? So, most of the league is really starting to look towards offense now. One area that you might want to look at is Jacksonville. That's a short, you know, hop, short hopping and skip away from Miami and it might be an opportunity for him there um, but obviously again you have to raise a question mark is, are they going to look towards offense obviously with their young quarterback coming up what was it like for Steelers Nation during Chargers Raiders Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar how are you doing on your New Year's resolution are you eating the way you want to be eating or are you still eating holiday food, still eating like it's the holidays. I'm, I'm kind of trying to do both. And that's where Built Bar comes in. I, I eat them almost every day because I'm trying to eat healthier. And so in the middle of the afternoon, I usually get hungry and I want something delicious, not just anything. I don't want carrot sticks. I want chocolate. Yeah. So how about something that's covered in chocolate, 100% chocolate, but low in calorie, low in sugar, low in net carb, high in fiber, high in protein. Bang. Built Bar is the thing. And right now, when you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15, you get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Pittsburgh Steelers will have one last ride with Ben Roethlisberger. They take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football on super wild card weekend. We have to change the name of that. Uh, joining me now from locked on Steelers is Chris Carter. Chris, the name's not very good. Um, and the, the Steelers get in because they have to sweat out this absolutely ridiculous drunk Raiders chargers game, a game that if it ends in the tie, the Steelers don't get in. And it looked like it was going to end in a tie. Walk me through the emotion of Steelers Nation watching that game. 
Well, it's funny because I'm I'm on Twitter and I'm tweeting it out. I was I was at Channel 11 WPXI in Pittsburgh waiting to do a post game show, and you know when the when the Raiders were up 12, everyone in Pittsburgh was like, "This is great. There's no way they can just score 12. Who does that?" And then they made the field goal to 15, and everyone said, "Oh no, there, <laughs> that, that, that's a that's a thing. They can get 15." And then fourth and 21. Mm-hmm. Fourth and 21. And somehow the Raiders just let Justin Herbert just throw right through it, touchdown, and then they get the two point conversion, and then everyone's like, "Oh gosh, this this is really gonna happen." <laughs> and then of course, and like in like the entire, and then on the, that last drive to tie it up, every time, I think they faced what two or three third fourth downs on that mm-hmm. drive because they were six or seven on the yep. night. Every time they got a fourth down, everyone's like, "Oh god, no!" And then two seconds left, he throws the touchdown, and you're just sitting there like, "Well." This is great. And also, mind you, like us in media, we're sitting there and we're actually terrified because we've all set our, put up our headlines. We've all put up our shows. We think this is there. There was no there's no way that could be a right. that, that could end in a tie. Right. There's just like when does that happen? And so we're all sitting there panicking like, oh, gosh, we're going to be working until like 6 a.m. in the morning fixing all these things. <laughs> and, and then they go to overtime. And then, you know, they, the Raiders get a field goal. Then the Chargers get a field goal. And the Raiders get to midfield. And I was resigned at this point. I'm like, well, I'm just going to – I actually made a bet, Peter. I, I, I said on Locked On Steelers that I recorded before that was before that game even happened. I said, if this ends in a tie, you will not only get a full show from me again on top of this one, but I will drink tequila straight on air as I do it. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, none of that happened, though I do have Jose Cuevo on, uh, Silver on deck. Uh, you would have also, I think, violated some YouTube terms and conditions, yes, but that, yes, that's I, neither here nor there. <laughs> you, you'd have had to say it's water, but your audience would have had to know right. that it was, right. uh, in fact, tequila. The Steelers do play this weekend, though, and they're going to be you know, heavy underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs. We just saw this game. Is there any reason to believe it will go any differently than it did a couple weeks ago? Well, if I was a Yinzer, I would say Yinz gonna forget about the time that Ben Roethlisberger got destroyed by the Indianapolis Colts in 2005, and then he came back and beat them in their own stadium. That was a horrible Yinzer accident. I actually can't even speak Yinzer. It's a weird thing. My parents like beat it out of me when I was a kid. But point being, there's a lot of Steelers fans that think back to that that year. But this is a completely different Steelers team. What I will say is this. When you look at how the Steelers have played this year, they stand a very good chance in any of their games where they win the turnover battle. They lost the turnover battle terribly against the Chiefs last time, and it started with Ben Roethlisberger throwing a very bad interception. Now, in the fourth quarter against the Ravens, he was fine. He looked really good, fourth quarter and overtime. But he cannot wait to turn it on. Again, he doesn't have to be elite. Just complete the passes that are right in front of you. If he doesn't do that, the Steelers are going to be doomed um, as long as it, but if, if they're if he's able to at least manage the situation, you know, oh, you know, hit the ball, the, the ball over the middle a little bit and let Najee Harris get, get some ground game going off of that. The Steelers will stand a chance in this one. Who knows? Crazy things can happen. But if I'm a betting man, I don't put money on Pittsburgh because I just I can't trust Ben Roethlisberger right now. And finally, former Stanford quarterback Andrew Luck, the late Rashawn Salam of Colorado and former Toledo and Missouri coach Gary Pinkle headlined the 2022 College Football Hall of Fame class announced Monday. Penn State's LeVar Arrington, Georgia's Champ Bailey, Texas Tech's Michael Crabtree, Alabama's, Alabama's Sylvester Croom, and Oklahoma's Roy Williams were also Selected, the 18 players and three coaches in the 2022 class were selected from a national ballot of 78 players and seven coaches 
from the football bowl subdivision, 99 players and 33 coaches from the divisional ranks and the National Football Foundation Veterans Committee candidates. I know he had a good, not great NFL career. Michael Crabtree might be my favorite college receiver of all time. That guy was absolutely incredible. Coming up Tuesday, what's the best NFL vacant head coaching job? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.